David sang the praises to the glory of Jehovah. Paul preached that all is lost save knowing Christ. Little John said he is precious while leaning on his bosom. So for a moment, may I humbly testify. Did I mention that I love him? How I worship and adore him when I can't find a way he makes a way and did I mention that he's been faithful to every promise he's ever made me I love him that's all I want to say how many sermons can be preached about this Jesus how many songs can be sung about God's Son there are not enough words or notes in the music to tell the story of all that he has done. Did I mention that I love him? How I worship and adore Him When I can't find a way He makes a way And did I mention that He's been faithful To every promise He's ever made me I love him, that's all I want to say. Did I mention that he's been faithful to every promise he's ever made me? I love him, that's all. I want to say uh, Becky, can you can you spin back around? I need to catch you. Uh, you know how, you know how to play happy birthday, right? Like, happy birthday to you. You know how to do that? Okay. Well, Elaine was 85 years old Wednesday, right? You don't know. And 
Wednesday night, the lights went out right before we had preaching, and so there was so much going on, I forgot about that. And I think it'd be nice to sing happy birthday to Elaine this morning, don't you? 85 years old, so help me out. I'll, I'll try to lead. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Amen. Give her a hand. 85 years. E- Elaine is the matriarch of Parkview. She has so many. How many grandchildren do you have now? I have over 80 great-grandchildren. 32 grandchildren. So I went to public school. I'm not going to be able to help you. 81, 32, 120 plus grandchildren. Amen. She deserves another hand. Let's give her another hand. I love Elaine. When they were, when I was candidating for this church almost 29 years ago here in March, and some of them, some of the church thought I was too young, and Elaine stood up. So I know Steve Brown. He'll be a good pastor, and because of her, I'm here today. I'm. So I know that. She's been a friend all these years. And Elaine, I want you to help me out. Next time I go golfing, you're 85. Dave's 85. Could you pick up my balls when I go golfing? <laughs> Next time. I appreciate it. Amen. Well, my friend's here today, Merle Ayers. We call him Skeeter. Merle Ayers. He's a dear, dear friend. And faithful, faithful preacher, man of God, raised a good family. Uh, and he, he came to golf. We had a fun time yesterday. I wish I could tell you. You know, tonight he, he'll not be here. He's going back to his church tonight, uh, but I'll tell you some things why he's not here. I don't want to embarrass him, and I'll tell you some stories from yesterday, okay? But Skeeter's a good man, a faithful man. I love him. I appreciate him. And, and how many of you remember Merle? You were here when Merle was here years ago in this church? Several. So you're not, uh, you're not a stranger here to Parkview, that's for sure. And so he's going to come and share God's word today. God bless you, brother. Love you. Uh, it is good to be here, and I am thankful. You want me to put that on or just leave it there? Yeah, it's good. Um, it is good to be here. I was uh, honored for Brother Brown to ask me to come and preach, and uh, I'm glad to be here. Brother Brown's been a good friend for over 40 years, like he said. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't transferred here. I, I moved here. I, I got married in uh, Lansing. And then I got a job here in uh, Livonia at the uh, Chevrolet Livonia, it was called then. Now it's just a flat piece of land over there. And, uh, but I moved here and with my wife and just been married about a year. And, all right. There we go. All right, now we're all set. And uh, I was going to tell the story about Pastor Brown. He, he told it on himself, but Dave chasing off after the golf balls all the time. And he, I mean, he had the story right on. I said, you know, he, here he is chasing those balls. Don't you feel bad? He said, no. You know, <laughs> I said, we, we need the exercise, not him. So, and so that's what we did. Uh, and I did want to make a few mentions of the friends. I noticed the hands. There's not as there's a lot fewer here now than uh, when we were here, uh, but uh, we were uh, we enjoyed this place very much. 
And Brother Brown has been a dear friend, and we always goofed around and joked around. And I had kind of a reputation of being a funny guy and always joking. And you couldn't always believe my stories because I was trying to make a joke out of them. And when Brother Brown was assistant pastor here and stuff, we, um, Sister Pam's not here. I don't know what she was. I'd like to see her, but uh, she, she's not here. But she was secretary over in this office over here. And Brother Brown and I were doing something here. We are going back to the, the building in the back to find out uh, to get something. We got back there, and there was smoke coming out of the, out of the building. And, of course, Brother Brown, even back then, he wanted other people to do what he should have been doing. <laughs> he said, Skeeter, run up and tell Pam to call the fire department. So I ran up, and I get in, and I'm out of breath, and I said, Pam, Pam, call the fire department. She says, oh, okay. Oh, my. I said, no, no, the building's on fire. She said, oh, no, no, Skeeter, you're just joking. And right behind me comes Steve, and Steve says, Pam, call the fire department. So she called the fire department. But, uh, you know, these are dear friends. I mean, <laughs> they're lovely people. Uh, Mrs. Childers has a birthday this, this week, 85. She used to work over at St. Mary's Hospital. And I had to go in there one time to have surgery on my thumb. And she loved it. I walked in and she said, <laughs> you, you have to take your clothes off and put on this garment. <laughs> and she said, but you can keep your socks on. <laughs> I kept my socks on. She's not going to see my feet, I'll tell you. <laughs> so, and so that's a true story. She's shaking her head. But that's ha that happened, I'll tell you what. Robin, Robin and uh, Bob aren't here today, right? They're not here. But we were playing Risk over at Brother Brown's house one time, and I was, she was, Robin was beating me up good. That, and that Risk, she was destroying me. And I was, you know, I don't like to lose, like Brother Brown said, competitive. And I said, oh, man, I was saying things, and, and uh, nothing really, you know, inappropriate or anything. But I, I was so intense and getting so mad that Robin began to cry. And I don't know why she was crying, because she was winning. And, uh, but that's, that's the, the friendship we've had over these years, I'll tell you what. And uh, Bill Cole back here in Shoba, I remember back in the back one time, we were having a picnic. I don't know if he remembers this. I bet he does. But we were standing around, I had a flannel shirt on, and Brother Hasbrook was here at that time. He said, oh, Brother Harris, you look like a lumberjack. And Bill Cole said, do you remember this, Bill? Don't remember. Well, you probably want to put it on your mouth. Bill Cole says, yeah, he looks like a lumberjack's been having too many flapjacks. <laughs> oh, and, and, and since then, I don't really like Bill that much. I like Shoba a lot better. Shoba's a wonderful cook. She, and we've got this, uh, how many here still have that little paper cookbook that the women put out? We still have that thing. It's all tattered and falling apart, but she had some recipes, some wonderful curry chicken in there. But I think two tablespoons of curry is a little bit too much for my taste. But uh, I don't know what the thing is with curry in you, Shobi, is, but that's, uh, <laughs> that's what, uh, uh, that's, these are the friends that we've had. 
and Cal and Lisa enjoyed hearing Lee, uh, Cal sing uh, today, and it was wonderful. I remember one time we were out in trying to pick up a car that Cal had broke down out in Ypsilanti, out there where he worked. And we got done, and we were headed back, and we were going to stop and get something to eat, and Cal's trying to make sure he's got, all, got his hair all set and everything, getting all ready, and he says, how do I look? I said, ah, you look great. So we go in, and we get our dinner, and we come out, and we get back to the house, and Lisa says to Cal, says, Cal, did you go into McDonald's like that? He said, yeah, why? He had grease here and there. And uh, she was laughing because she knew how, how much Cal wanted to make sure he looked just right. And uh, but that, I, these are some of the stories that I remember from the time that we we're here. But friends are great. And the Parkview Baptist Church has been a wonderful friend to us. And I noticed in the bulletin, we've been friends to Parkview. But I'll tell you what, Parkview has been much, much bigger friend to my wife and I than I could ever say. And on a more serious note, getting into what I want to say this morning, if a friend has asked you here, if you're here because a friend asked, you ought to be thankful. That friend cares enough for you that they want to get you under the sound of the gospel. And I want to, the best that I can, present to you the word of God today. It's really not about friendship. I know the Bible talks about that he is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, but he is more than a friend. He's our Savior. Amen. And it's really not about friends today. It's about you and that you need to be saved. You need to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's about you if you're a Christian today that you need to draw closer to Christ. You need to be what you need to be. Now I want you to take, if you will, if you have your Bibles this morning, if you could turn to Acts chapter number 13. And I want to look at verses 16 and I want to go all the way down to verse number 41. But what I want to do this morning is I want to just read what Paul said. I'm not going to read all the other remarks, although this is the Word of God. And it has many things in it that are wonderful. But I just want to is, is, just kind of make a point. I want to read these verses. I want you to understand uh, the time that it takes to read this. If you look at uh, chapter, verse number 16, we start with the men of Israel, because that's where he begins to speak. It says, Men of Israel, and ye that fear God, give audience. The God of this people of Israel chose our fathers, exalted the people, when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt. And with an high arm brought he them out of it. And about the time of forty years suffered he their manners in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he divided their land to them by lot. And after that, he gave unto them judges about the space of 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And afterward, they desired a king, and God gave unto them uh, Saul, the son of Sis, a man in a tribe of Benjamin by the space of 40 years. When he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. When John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance, to all the people of Israel. And as John fulfilled his course, he said, Whom think ye that I am? 
I am not he, but behold, there cometh one after me, whose shoes of his feet I am not worthy to lose. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God to you is the word of this salvation sent. For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which I read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they Pilate that he should be slain. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. But God raised him from the dead. And he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. And we declare unto you glad tidings how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he hath raised up Jesus again, as it also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And as concerning that, he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption. He said to this wise, I will give you that sure mercies of David. Wherefore he hath, excuse me, wherefore he saith also in another psalm, Thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised again saw no corruption. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you, which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold, ye despisers, and wonder, and perish for our work or work in your days, a work which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. Let's pray, Lord. Bless the reading of your word to our hearts and to our souls today. Lord, to the many folks who are here today, I pray that you'd touch their hearts. If they're lost today, I pray that you'd convict them, Lord, and that they would come to you as Savior. They would come to you and get forgiveness of sins. Lord, if they're Christian today, they're desiring to serve you, may they see that there's still mercy with God in just the service that they have. May their hearts be encouraged also as we look into your word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the first recorded message of Paul. This is the first time I can find in the Bible. I know it said earlier that he preached Jesus Christ unto them, but it doesn't give the message that he preached. But this here is Pretty specific, and he does preach. He's on his missionary journey. It's called Paul's first missionary journey, where he went north of Israel, went up to Antioch, went from Antioch over to Cyprus, and from Cyprus he goes up into Phrygia, which is Turkey nowadays, and he went up to another city, a city of Antioch. So there's actually two cities, both called Antioch, and that's at this second city up in the Turkey area that Paul is preaching this message. 
And a lot of these folks are hearing this message, I believe, for the very first time. It is a missionary journey. It's as if we send missionaries to the dark jungles somewhere of, of uh, the continent of Africa or in, in New Guinea or in South America, uh, in Ecuador or someplace like that. And they've gone into a desert or gone into a, a jungle area or possibly a desert area, whatever the wilderness might be. And there they're presenting the gospel, possibly for the first time to many of these. Of course, there were Jews here. And they have, if you read the contents, they've sat, they've read the scripture, they've read the, the law, they've read the prophets. And then they say, who here wants to extort, exhort? And so Paul stands up, says, and he, the Bible says he beckons with his hand. He tries to get the people's attention. And then he gives this message. In these few minutes that he preaches, he delivers the message of God. Now, I've read messages before, and I just wanted to compare some of the messages I've read. And I've heard preachers, and they'll preach, and they'll preach, and they'll preach. And as my pastor used to say, the mind cannot take in more than the seat can endure. So he's trying to keep things brief sometimes. But I want you to know, I read a sermon by Kenny McComas. It took me about 20 minutes to read it. 20 minutes and 16 seconds to sit down and read it. And I know maybe I read a little faster, but I, I think I'm an average reader. I'm not a speed reader by no means. But I think I can read along and know that it probably took him about 20 minutes, maybe 25 minutes to deliver that portion of Scripture. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount from Matthew chapter 5 and, and through chapter number 7 for the most part. If you'll read that, it'll take you probably 13 minutes, 15 seconds. And that's the longest sermon I could find in the Bible. Many years ago, when I was growing up, Pastor Green would, ha would have a Sunday night service and say, tonight we're going to have a five-minute service. And most of the time, he made it a little bit past five minutes. But people would say, hey, five-minute sermon tonight, you know. If you'll read into this chapter later on, and they, they said, they told Paul after he preached, says, hey, we want to hear more of this next week. Maybe it's because he was so brief, I don't know. But I think it was the exciting message that he brought when I preached my first message, I preached to a youth group at Parker Memorial Baptist Church in Lansing, Michigan. I think I almost lasted five minutes. This message, three minutes, 51 seconds, about four minutes. That's how long Paul preached. You say, oh, no, it took longer. I don't believe so. If I read a little bit slower, it'd probably go to four, four minutes, a little bit over. But in that brief amount of time, now don't get excited here. I'm not going to preach a five-minute sermon. It might not be as long as some. But I do want to bring five things. Here we see Paul is revealing some things to these people. And so just for a title's sake, I've called it Paul's Revealing Message. What does this message reveal today? If you read the Kenny McComas' wonderful message on John 3.16, it took me 20 minutes. What a wonderful message. If you'll read Matthew chapter uh, 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount, it is one of the best things you could ever read to sit down and just read it, what Jesus said. If you'd hear Pastor Green preach, Pastor Brown preach, and whatever he does with the gospel and brings the gospel. But Paul here brings a message that 
although brief, can change your life and change my life for the rest of our days. And can also change the life of your children and their children if they'll follow it. Paul's message, first of all, revealed who can come to God. If you will notice in verse number 16, he called, of course, to the children of Israel, and he said, ye that fear God. If you go down to verse number 26, he also says, whosoever feareth God. If you'll go back into Acts chapter 10, we're not going to turn there, but I just want to reference it. And Cornelius, the Bible says, was a devout man. He feared God. Acts chapter 10, verse 35, Peter said that in every nation, he that feareth him, that's God, is accepted of him, that's God. Whoever fears God can come to him today. If I could read to you verse 47, verse 48, if you want to follow along, it's in our text, it's at the end. Verse number 47, For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. I've had a little bit of difficulty with that being ordained. Excuse me. I was wondering, what is that? What does he mean? Is that just, you know, some folks believe that God just chose this one and chose that one. You're ordained to be saved. You're ordained to be saved. You're ordained to be saved. The rest of you, you're out of luck. But what I believe what God is saying here, the Gentiles were now ordained to be saved. Folks, you are ordained to be saved. You can be saved today. He says, he that feareth God, I don't care what you say. There are people in this world who know of a God, who fear God, and want God to come to them. But they don't know Jesus Christ. They don't know the gospel. And I know that they can come to the Lord, but there is a specific way, and there is a specific person that we need to turn to to be saved today. If you fear God, you have the greatest chance, the greatest hope of salvation. But if you don't fear God, you need to fear. You need to tremble. We are ordained to eternal life, but you must first believe God. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6. Let me read it very quickly if I can to you today. But Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6. The Bible says, but without faith... It is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You need to come to the Lord today. You need to believe on him. If you, tr- if you are here today, if you are here with a friend today who brought you, do you believe in God? Do you believe that there's a God? You need to listen today. You need to hear today. There are those that don't want anything to do with God. They don't believe in God. They deny God. They don't have a hope of salvation outside of, first of all, they must believe God. This is a revealing message that Paul brought to these people. You must believe God. And these folks, they wanted to hear, not these Jews, they already believed in God, but the Gentiles, they're the ones, <clears throat> they're the ones, excuse me. I left my bottle of water down here. and I made a mistake. 
Sorry about that. Can you edit that out, Steve? <laughs> so, <clears throat> the Bible says that Paul revealed that whosoever will may come. We hear that blessed gospel, whosoever will, whosoever will, whosoever will may come. Paul's message revealed that who could come to Jesus. Paul's message revealed a risen Savior. Look what it says in our text, but in verse number 30. But God raised him from the dead. And he was seen many days of them, which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. And we declare unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers. God hath fulfilled the same unto us their children, in that he hath raised up Jesus again. As it is also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son this day, have I begotten thee. Jay Sidlow Baxter in his devotional booklet says that this verse is the basic evidential event upon which the Christian faith is built. We are here today, the first day of the week, because of this fact. Jesus rose on the first day, and that's why we're here today. The fact of the resurrection. This church is here because of this fact, that Jesus rose from the dead. This great country of ours, whether you believe it or not, is here because of the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Christianity is what brings joy to the world. Jesus Christ is the one that brings hope to the world and is because he raised from the dead. Charity around the world exists because of this fact, that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. There is no denying that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the greatest event that this world has ever seen. He had victory over death, the grave, and of hell. Later on, I'm going to reference a verse in Romans chapter 10, verse number 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That is what you must believe, to be saved. You not only have to fear God or believe in God, you have to believe that God rose Jesus Christ from the dead. <clears throat> and he has given this message to these people for the first time, and they are just excited about the fact. You mean we can have sins forgiven? And that's the next point. This morning, Paul's message reveals the mercies of God. It says in verse number 34, And as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption, he said in this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. What are the sure mercies of David? David, of course, was king of Israel, and God chose him to be king. In Isaiah chapter number 55 and verses 1 through 3, the Bible says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. 
Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfied not? Uh, Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. God had mercy upon David. Do you think David was the only one that God could have chosen to be king? Do you think David was the only one who was serving him? Were there others in Israel that could have been in tune with God's heart? 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah said, when God was trying to get him to serve him and follow him, and, and <clears throat> I think it was Jezebel was chasing him, wanting to kill him. He said, I am the only one that's left, God. But God said, oh, Elijah, I have 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. There were plenty of folks, I believe that with all my heart, that could have been king or could have uh, done what David did. But God had mercy upon David. And I think back on my life, and God could have had mercy on anybody else, but he had mercy on Merle Ayers and gave him joy and peace and hope in his life. You can have that also. God gave you the mercies of David. Look what it says. You don't have to turn there, but if you want to, that's fine with me. But 2 Samuel <clears throat> chapter number 7. 'Cause I think this water adds to the dryness of my mouth. I, don't know. I know that's weird, but I wonder if they put anything in here. You didn't drink out of this, did you, Brother Brown? Okay. I'll make sure that seal was unbroken. Now therefore, so shalt thou say unto thy servant, verse number eight, second Samuel, chapter number seven. Now therefore, so shalt thou say unto my servant David, thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep cope from following the sheep to be ruler over my people, over Israel. God took him to be king. And I was with thee whithersoever thou wentest. God said, I'm going to be with you, David, and have cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight and have made thee great name. God did that. David didn't do that. David didn't make his name great. God did. God had mercy upon David. It was the mercy of God on display in David's life. Sunday school teacher said one time, he asked the class, or she asked the class, why did God choose Noah? And the kid said, well, it says he was a just man. Another one said he was a perfect man. Another one said he walked with God. But the teacher said, no, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And we get grace through the mercy of God, the sure mercies of David are the mercies of God. And that's what God has for us today. That's what Paul was revealing. Paul was revealing that God could have mercy upon those souls. Paul's message also revealed how to have our sins forgiven. Look what it says in verse 38 and verse 39. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. I took, I used this part of this verse, I used this verse for the 
uh, golf uh, outing where those 50 men or so were there just to show that we could not save ourselves. The law doesn't. You can keep all the rules. Keep every one of them. Keep the law of God. But the, the mere fact, you can't keep the law. We have, there's 10 commandments. Do you know how many commandments God gave his children? 613 laws they were given. Commandments. How to live. How to act. What to eat. What they couldn't eat. 613. And the 10 commandments can't even be followed. Someone says, well, I've done pretty well. I've done, I've, I've done a good job. The Bible says, uh, thou shalt not kill. I haven't murdered anybody, but the Bible says, if you hate your brother, if you're angry with your brother, you've committed murder already in your heart. The Bible says, thou shalt not commit adultery. And Jesus said, I say unto you that if you look on a woman to lust after her, you've committed adultery already in your heart. Folks, we cannot keep. God says, uh, honor the Lord thy God. Uh, own him and serve. Folks, we serve ourselves so much every day. We break the very first commandment that God gives. You cannot keep him, but Jesus did. You cannot save yourself, but Jesus can. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. That's what I said earlier. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration, renewing of the Holy Ghost. See, here is water, the, the Ethiopian eunuch said. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You know, I used to use an illustration of a chair. You look at the chair, and I still do with children today. You see that chair? I can say that chair will hold me up, and I believe that it will hold me up, but until I sit in it, uh, it's not going to hold me up. Brother Hasbrook used to have a men's class up here on Saturday morning. I forget when it was. But I was up there one time with a bunch of men sitting around, and I was rocking back in this old wooden chair, and um, it was doing pretty well, sitting there, rocking back and forth, you know, tipping, and then I tipped it over on one leg, and snap, boom, down I went. Brother Hasbrook said, you all right, Skeeter? He said, that's the first time I've ever seen you without a comment. <laughs> Lay it down there. I had too much faith in that chair. But it's, you know, but in God, you know, you need to put your faith in it. And I believe this will hold me up until I actually sit down and find out it can. That's what we do with Jesus Christ. You can talk about getting saved. You can say, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe in God. I go to church. I give a tithe. But until you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you cannot be saved. Paul's message revealed the mercies of God. For by you need to believe, trust, rely upon. You cannot be saved by works. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The fifth thing, Paul's message reveals the danger of doubt. Paul ends up on a negative note. Lots of times preachers say, you know, you need to have a positive and a positive ending. But I want you to know, Paul didn't. He came at the end. He said this. Look what it says in our text. Verse number 40. Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you, which is spoken of in the prophets. 
Behold, ye despisers, and wonder, and perish, for I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. This is prophetical. This is to the Jews. He says, you're not going to believe, and this is the very ending of it. The Jews have rejected God, rejected the Savior, and now he's saying, all you that fear God, all you that trust him, Jew or Gentile, you can be saved. And the Jews rejected him. Not all, of course. There were many that were saved and still are saved today. They trust Jesus Christ. But he says, I will, I will leave you someday. I think the verse is found in Habakkuk. I'm not going to go there. Even references. I just believe that's where it's at. Well, it is Habakkuk. Um, Chapter 4, I believe, but here is, here is the word of God. This message is to the Jews, but it can be applied to all of us here today. Remember when we went to <clears throat> Isaiah 55? I want to go back there again if you want to go there. And I left off the, the final three verses because it fit this ending so well. It says in verse number 4, Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people, Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel. For he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Folks, God's patience is limited. The Bible says that my spirit shall not always strive with man. The Bible says in Hosea chapter 4, Ephraim is joined to idols. Let him alone. James said, what is your life? He is even a, it is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Our life is fleeting. Our time is little. I talked to a man. I was in Kent, Ohio. My, my wife was working up there and I was up there, <laughs> up there with her. But I went down while she was sleeping one day, and I went down to the park, to the lake, and I wanted to do a little fishing, and a man came up, and I started talking to him. And I thought, you know what? I'm trying to share the gospel with this man. I started talking about the Lord. I said, hey, do you know the Lord Jesus? Do you go to church? Do you... And just trying to get something going. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, my wife, uh, she used to go to church, and then he'd go off somewhere else, go off somewhere else. He kept complaining most of all, he's complaining about his wife. But he kept complaining, complaining. I couldn't get him to get back. I couldn't get his mind to get back. And there just was no interest there. I'm telling you what, folks. If we live long enough and we push God away long enough, our time will come to an end. We will not be able to come to the Lord Jesus Christ just because our minds aren't there. Paul says, Beware therefore, lest thou come upon you which is spoken in the prophecy. Behold, ye despisers, and wonder and perish, for I work a work in your days. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3. How shall ye escape if we neglect so great salvation? Christians today remember 2 Samuel chapter 7. And verse number 15 says this. I'm talking to Christians just for a moment. But my mercy shall not depart away from him, that's to David, as I took from 
Saul. Now, I understand God's salvation is forever. Saul could have been king. Saul could have kept on being king if he would have humbled himself, did things that were right. And Christian, today, we, you're serving God today. You ought to be glad. But maybe there's a Christian here who's slowly slipping away, saying, you know, I'm just kind of tired of this Christian life. I'm a little tired. I, I, you know, it, it seems so restrictive. It is not. It's, it's freedom. I believe with all my heart. God's mercy, I think, is limited sometimes in, in our Christian life. You want to serve God? Continue to serve God. Love Him. Serve Him. Follow Him. And don't end up like Saul. But what if you were... We serve by the mercy of God. Don't take it lightly. If you're not saved here today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior... That's why we had Friend Day. That's why Pastor Brown has Friend Day. We want to get folks in here, hear the gospel. I'm speaking to you now just for a few more minutes. Are you saved today? Have you been born again? If not, trust Him today. August 26, 1980, I was saved. I trusted Jesus Christ here in Livonia, Michigan. <clears throat> been a church member, been a deacon been a Sunday school teacher, bus driver, whatever, whatever service I could, but I wasn't saved. But finally, I trusted the Lord Jesus Christ in my personal Savior, and I've never regretted it. Don't delay. Don't doubt. The Bible says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Romans 10.13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. You need to be saved today. You need to come today. You need to come forward. So they're going to have an invitation here in just a moment. You need to ask Jesus Christ. But you know what? You wouldn't even have to wait until invitation. If you want to get saved, you can come right now. Come on down here. Maybe God's talking to your heart so much, you want to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to get saved. You need to trust Him. Give Him your heart. This is a revealing message that Paul preached. And gave to us all today. With heads bowed and eyes closed. Nobody looked around.